Sign up for my email list in the description box below and also get free consoling services. What is a consoling services? Well, you think of a counseling service where you would pay for a counselor and you would tell them your problems and, you know, they'll send some advice back to you or whatever. Well, I'm doing something a little bit similar, but I'm not a licensed counselor, you know, which is why it's free. So you go down in the description box below, you can book yourself an appointment, either a 30 minute appointment where you just want to get things off your chest, your mind and vent. You can do that for 30 minutes or you can book a 90 minute appointment and the 90 minute appointments are where you can get things off your chest, but also get some advice from me and my opinions and words of encouragement as well. So if this sounds like something that you are you would like to do, hit the description box below. And once again, please sign up for my email list because that's how you'll get news on other things that I'm doing in regard to this podcast, regarding to the other things that I do outside of this podcast as well. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. What's up, y'all? It's your man Ernest. You love Ernest. Same guy, different name. Back again with another episode of the Earnest Thoughts Podcast. So, I have a number of topics I'm going to talk about here in this podcast, this episode. I thought, why not? Because, why not? So, I'm going to start off with this topic here. Um, This was actually a topic I wanted to discuss, if not last week, the week before. Um, But... (laughs) Another message while I was actually recording this topic here, um, and this goes along with the Democrats losing in Virginia. Um, I, I discussed that recently on one of these recent episodes of the Ernest Thoughts podcast. And obviously the things that you're going to hear me say here are going to be majority different from what I said last week or so. Because it was like the spirit took over me. <laughs> what I mean is basically it happens It happens from time to time. Um, when I want to discuss one topic and it ends up going into a totally different topic. Um, well, I want to discuss one specific thing of a s- certain topic and I ended up going a different route. Um, rather than sticking to what was planned. Now, I kept that because that was a damn good speech that I made last week. <laughs> and uh, I'm listening back to that and I'm like, damn, I'm good. So that was there. So I kept that, you know, but after recording it and, and during the editing of that episode, I was like, but I didn't necessarily talk about the blame game aspect that I wanted to talk about uh, that, that the Democrats are doing and that I predicted what was to happen. So I'm like, let me just keep that, not call it, you know, the, the blame game or whatever, right? And just call it whatever I did call it last week. And let me talk about <clears throat> specifically the blamed game that is going on within the Democratic Party right now. That's always happening whenever they lose because they can never look at it. The Democrats aren't, Republicans aren't either, but the Democrats are definitely not people who you would call uh, introspective. You know, they're not an introspective party. 
There are probably members of the Democratic Party who are introspective party members and they will see the the problems, the various problems that the Democrats have and they will call it out publicly or privately or, you know, they're unafraid. I'm going to read a, a statement um, by one of the Dems. Um, I believe this was a Dem. Um, or a moderate, either or, um, I'm going to read a statement pretty much criticizing the Democrats. He was a Dem. So it was a Democrat who made a comment as to why the Dems lost. And, you know, this statement is a part of this article, which will be found in the description box below alongside with the other sources in this podcast, because, you know. I'm not one of these podcasters that just be pulling shit out my ass. So, <clears throat> I do have this article right here titled, it is by Fox News or Tyler, Tyler Olson from Fox News. Now, I know people are going to be like, how can you trust Fox News and this, that, and that there. We went over this whole source battle thing. Whenever I detail a source from anywhere and it supports whatever you want, it to support, then you don't be questioning the 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 uh, validity of what is being said, and you do this all the time with other sources. But as soon as a source goes against what you want to believe, the agenda that you want to push, then all of a sudden the source is invalid. You know, so we're not doing that battle of who said what, what said who. I went, I read a few articles. This one was the best one that I felt was uh, going to fit what I had to say. So the title of this article is Democrats, Democrat blame game begins after major Virginia loss. Criticism hurled at moderates, progressives, and Biden. Surprising there. Um, I'm not going to read the whole article. I'm just going to take bits and pieces, read bits and pieces that I believe are uh, the important parts and save the rest for you to read, all right? Because if you're a grown-ass adult, which all of my listeners are, I see the age rangers in the stats when I look. Y'all are some adults, so y'all can do your own reading. And again, link in the description box below uh, for this article as well. So, the part I'm going to read here starts with this. The Virginia victory was so jarring for Democrats because it's a state that President Biden won by 10% points in 2020 and that they believed shifted to become safely blue with the explosion of the northern Virginia suburbs. Before I get to reading there, I'm going I'm to analyze that because that past that that little sentence there personifies what I've been saying about the Democrats. Y'all cannot simply give them a win, any win. One win gets them so comfortable. They get so cocky and comfortable to the point where they feel as though they don't have to do anything. For y'all to even get y'all votes votes again. Soon as they get your vote in the bag, and especially if that vote 
uh, results in them winning, it's all over for you voters. It's we don't got to do shit for you now. We got you once we can get you again. At least what they that's what they thought about Virginians. Especially northern uh, uh, suburban Virginians, but they're still Virginians at the end of the day. (laughs) So Democrats found out the hard way why you, you shouldn't categorize northern Virginians because they're probably a little more liberal than the average Virginian. All right. Um, the other statements from Colin Struther, right? Colin Struther, a Democratic strategist who was a longtime aide for moderate rep Henry Collar, I believe, Democrat from Texas, said both progressives and moderates deserve criticism. But it's the Biden administration that needs to get into gear for Democrats to hold on to their majorities in 2020. I paused there because this page acting funny and shit. This I'm trying to read this quote. All right. <clears throat> Is this it? This I'm just, you know, reading it to myself before I read it to y'all. Yeah, this is it. This is a quote from Struthers again. Or Struther. We need to end the circulation, the circular firing squad, and get to work. Our biggest obstacle to success is members of our own party, um, of the Democratic part uh, of the Democratic Party. Struther told Fox News, "We have one or two senators, Kristen Cinema and um, Joe Manchin. He didn't name them, but I did. Holding up big ticket items that we need to pass again, Cinema Manchin." We have a handful of the far left in the House who have never done anything (laughs) acting like they dictate the agenda and the timeline for bills passing. I guess that was a shot at the squad, or as I refer to them as the fraud squad. Um, So, yeah, those are the two quotes that I want to read from this article again. There is, it's much longer, or two, you know, sentences, paragraphs, whatever. This article is much longer than that, obviously. You can check it out for yourself. But, <clears throat> as you can see, the, the Democrats doing what I and others and what they usually do. Now, Struther is one of the very few Democrats I see, or at least he's a Democrat strategist, but... One of the few Democrats I see looking within his own party and saying, yeah, we fucked up. We fucked this up. We dropped the ball. And this is why we dropped the ball. This is how we dropped the ball. But you ask your average Democrat voter, you ask your average Democrat, um, I won't say Democrat voter, probably dependent, your, your average white Democrat voter or so or your average uh, establishment Democrat politician, I'm going to say that, the problem is moderates. The problem is people who vote third party. The problem is black voters who didn't vote hard enough. 
to get them through the hump. They are never the problem. Because again, to them, the promises that they say that they're going to do is sufficient enough to get votes. It is sufficient enough for people to, for them to believe that people should continuously have faith in them and to, um, you know, not question them, not, not expect anything from them because at least they show that they care with words, of course. Not necessarily with actions because showing that you care with actions is how you secure votes, is how you secure wins. Simply just saying things. In the long run, doesn't really secure you every single win. It may get you a lot of wins. It's gotten the Democrats a lot of places. Hell, it, as we just talked about, it got Biden into the White House. It was the, he won Virginia because, you know, white suburbans in the north of Virginia were probably like, you know what, he's saying all these good things, probably embarrassed by the way, the, how, how, how uh, things were under the Trump era. I remember Biden specifically telling certain states, I believe this was in Georgia. He may have told Virginia the same thing, how he was going, going to get them. Um, no, that was in Georgia when he was telling uh, Georgians that he was going to get them their $1,200 checks. Uh, I believe it was like $1,400 checks if they vote in Warnock and Ossoff and stuff, right? So there's that. But Biden did indeed claimed that he was going to have health care for all or Medicare for all, right? Health care for all, Medicare, same thing, right? You know, the student debt situation. He made a bunch of promises on that. I know a bunch of people, not even just in Virginia, but all over the country that voted for him simply because of his words on that. These are things he did not he 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 did not hold uh, keep his word on. The Democrats in general will say these things, and again, as Struther pointed out, as I've been pointed out, you got people who are on the far left or say they are the far left, and say they are, they they are the moral compass of the Democratic Party. They're going to push the, the, the Dems. We're going to push Biden to the left. We're going to do this AOC. When when told, when asked about how come you want to vote for Biden, how come you push for voting for Biden when you was all for Bernie before and stuff? Well, I, I believe we could push Joe Biden to the left. We don't see her doing that. We don't see any other squad members who agreed with her on that and took that same stance. We don't see them doing that. Colin Struther is absolutely right. We got people on the, on the left in the Democratic Party claiming they're going to do shit. They don't do shit. You got two senators. Two. <laughs> Joe Manchin, Christine Sinema. Two senators that can easily get stomped on by either one Kamala Harris or one Joe Biden, or the entire Democratic Party. 
And I mean, I don't mean literally stomped on and stuff. They literally could get stomped on by all of them. Probably not Biden. But, you know, if Kamala wore them Tims, <laughs> cinema's getting stomped the fuck on. But nah, I mean figuratively. Because, you know, people listen to this shit and they don't know slang or whatever, right? I'm not saying uh, Joe Manchin and, and cinema deserve to be stomped on. Wink, wink. <laughs> but no, <laughs> but you have two senators stopping or supposedly stopping getting in the way of all this progressive um, planning and pro supposed progressive uh, wants that members of the Democrats claim they want. And then they look at them and oh. Oh my God, it's just, oh my cinema. Oh, Joe Manchin, Joey, you're doing it again, Joe. <laughs> no, nah. Cinema and Manchin cannot get away with what they're getting away with without the Democrats actually, you, if, the, if the Democrats actually wanted shit done. If they actually wanted shit done, as we've seen both parties do, they're going to get shit done no matter who, who's in their way. Whether that be somebody within their own party or not. So, I'm not with the whole weak excuses of it's cinema, it's mansion, it's mansion, it's cinema. No, it's the entire party not fighting hard enough so that cinema and mansion aren't the uh, only faces getting flack because... They like that much attention. Manchin just don't care. You can tell he's just like, Shh, I'm not one of these Democrats that's going to lie to you. I don't give a fuck. Cinema, you can tell, loves the negative attention. She just loves the attention, period. So they both don't care in the sense of one is going to do something and get her name out here because that's what politics is nowadays, especially on the left, where people just want to be celebrities. AOC is one of those individuals I talked about. People just want to be a celebrity. Cinema is one of those. Manchin just doesn't care. He's a Democrat that's going to let it be known that he's a Democrat that don't care about any of the things that the Democrats claim to care about at all. The only reason why he's probably a Democrat is for either tax purposes or because, I don't know. I don't know why Why Joe, maybe some um, corporate corporate agreements he has or corporate connections he's had, he, he has. That's my assumption. It's the only assumption I could come up with. Other than all of that, he makes it known all the time via his actions. Psh, I don't care. Talk about me. I don't care if the if 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 y'all make me out to be the bad guy. I simply don't care. What you gonna do about it? You're gonna continue voting for my party anyway. And cinema again, the attention grabber, the attention whore. You know. But I'm not blaming them two for Virginia's loss. I'm blaming the Democrats as I did the other week. Cinema is going to be what cinema is. She's shown who she is. Manchin has shown who he is. Hell, Joe Biden has been showing us who he is. The Democrats have been shown who they are. I just want people to wake up to this mess. So when the Democrats lose... 
a part of me is like aha, but it's, it's not like a aha moment. Like yeah, I'm 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 rooting for the Republicans. No, it's an aha moment because y'all time and time again do the same shit. As one of the first statements I read in that article, they thought they secured a win in Virginia for life simply because they won in 2020. They thought that's all, that was it. They didn't have to do anything to secure uh, to to get Virginians again. Just like how when they get the black vote, they they they're like, we don't have to do anything for the black vote. Just like for the longest, they didn't feel the need to do anything for the Latin vote. Uh, until the Latinx community started voting Republican and started abstaining from voting in general. And then it was, oh shit, we got to get more uh, Latinx people within the party. Oh shit, we got to play Despacito in our cell phones. Oh shit, we got to do so. Same for the Asian community. And for the longest, it was, they're not going to vote for us anyways. They don't vote. Oh shit, this is a community that's growing and they're demanding something. They're growing in the political political sphere um, and they're demanding something from us. We better get on it. But just because they're even with those other communities, the LGBT community as well, they still don't want to do anything really that's really tangible for anybody. So... I say this just to say, people, not only should the Democrats learn from this loss, which I doubt it, just like I said last week, I doubt it. I really doubt it. But I really want people at the end of the day to learn from what the Democrats do. You give them what they want and they don't give you shit in return. Not things that you really ask for. You ask for health care. You ask for uh, the elimination of student debt. They promise these things. They give you two reasons. They give you two names why they can't do it. Joe Manchin and Christine Cinema. That's it. And then they just leave it at that. Or the Republicans, right? That's that's the go-to. It's either a Republican, Republicans, Manchin, Cinema. That's it. And don't you dare bring up, uh, well, there was a way where, you know, you can override Christine Cinema and Joe Manchin. Oh, they should just start dancing all over the place. Nancy Pelosi starts losing her mind, literally, and starts babbling on about some shit. And then, and then leaving the interview podium, but saying, God bless you all, before leaving. So, a lot of people can learn from this. Hopefully, people do. Part of me believes. <laughs> Part of me is just so, I, I guess, I guess cynical, for lack of better wording. To the point where I'm like, yeah, that, people still going to make the same mistakes voting-wise. The Dems aren't going to change. But then there's a part of me that's like, I want to have more faith in the people, in the people. <clears throat> so there's that. Again, article is linked in the description box below. You can read it for yourself. Chime in on this topic if you want to.
We're going to hit you with a commercial break, and then we'll be back with some more. Stay tuned. All right, so next topic, we're going to talk about what happened at Astroworld. Um, you know, this episode is primarily about, you know, it's the topic of blame and blaming things and blaming people or whatever. It's not going to be all the topics of this episode, but... uh yeah, you see the title. The title is the title for a reason. So there's that. But I wanted to read off. I'll have the article in the description box again. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to read off the stats of what happened that night and, you know, the injuries and the deaths and all that stuff. Before I get into that, I do want to send my condolences to the families of those who were uh, killed that night, and, you know, uh, hopefully a, a successful recovery for those who are still, um, in remission, you know, of, you know, that night, and, you know, who are trying to heal back up and everything, um, yeah, that night sounded scary as hell, it sounded really crazy to, Put it lightly. Um, it sounded crazy. It, it, it just from the accounts that I've heard, uh, the various videos I've seen, a couple videos, but to me, more than one video uh, is is crazy to me. Is it's various to me, and it's just like a bunch of people coming out and saying this is what happened. And I'm not going to have those videos in the description box below because I don't really remember where to find them. I was just on social media when I, you know, heard them and stuff. So it it's could be anywhere at this point. It could still be on YouTube channels, IG pages, Twitter pages, Facebook pages, wherever, right? Um, but pretty much a lot of the people said that it just felt like, and this is not me being on some conspiracy theorist shit, but it just sounded, it felt like something like very demonic and it felt like they were in hell. Like I've heard numerous of people, different people, again, different people. I've probably tuned into probably like two or three different videos of, you know, accounts from people who were there, right? Um, or people who claim to be there because, you know, you allegedly, right? So people who claim to be there, but they all, well, they all said different things. They all were people in different sections and different people, like I said. But one of the most common things that I took away from all three of those videos was that either some, they used the word hell or, you know, just something similar to, it just felt like something demonic, like it just didn't feel right. You know, again, not being on some conspiracy theorist type shit. Just sharing my thoughts on what, you know, what what I heard those people say. Now let's get on to the article and get on to, you know, the matters of that night. And for those who are like, well, what happened that night? So I'm start off reading this Vulture article. Again, you got a problem with the source. Take it up with the source. Nine people were killed and hundreds injured at Travis Scott's Astro World Musical Festival, Music Festival in Houston, Texas, at 
NRG Park on Friday, November 5th. After concert goers surged toward the stage around 9.30 p.m. during the rapper's headlining set, the dead ranged and the dead, as in the dead body, the, the, the dead people, the dead ranged in age from 14 to 27. Whoever wrote this article, man. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm going to just leave it at that. 20, 25 people were hospitalized. The youngest patient is just nine years old. Eight, uh, before that, before, and I'm not, you know, I st- just stopped reading. But before that, I heard the youngest person at that show was five. I think there was an actual, I did see a video of a five-year-old sitting on somebody's um, shoulders adjoining the show. Now, luckily, that five-year-old boy was not of the injured, but just I'm just saying that because the youngest person, from to my knowledge, at a Travis Scott concert was a five-year-old, not this nine-year-old. Prior to that, yeah, it was nine years old being the youngest individual, but then I saw the video of the five-year-old there. So let me continue reading. Eight were confirmed dead on November 5th. A ninth victim died on November 10th. According to her family's attorney, after previously being declared brain dead, some people appear to have been trampled, authorities said. About 50,000 people were attending the show. So again, I just gonna, I'm just going to read that passage. If you want to read the rest, Description box below, check it out. It is the Vulture article, and I'll have, before the article link, I'll have, you know, the Astro World article, whatever, you know, I'll put it as, right? So, you heard what happened. You heard from the account, or at least, well, you didn't hear from the accounts of people. Um, I didn't, I don't know if this article goes in that deep about, you know, the accounts, um, but you do see people online blaming Travis Scott. You do see people questioning um, who should be blamed for this, that, and the third, right? I do believe that Travis Scott should have known better. Uh, again, from other accounts, because it wasn't just the three videos I saw. I've seen people's tweets and other statements and stuff. People said that Travis seemed like he was just nonchalant about what was going on. Even if he had no, well, I won't say no idea, but he he didn't have 100% confirmation that people were being trampled on. People was were losing their lives. Dead bodies were on the ground. It seemed as though he continued to, he would look in certain areas where there was dead bodies and maybe he didn't see the body, but he would look in the area and then continue performing. He would look at, you know, certain areas again and then turn his head quickly so people won't notice that he's noticing a commotion going on. So that he could continue on making his money. 
right? Because that's what it is at the end of the day. That's I, I feel as though that's why Travis uh, was <clears throat> um, very careless about this. Now, I'm not saying all the blame should be on him at all. Um, in fact, this was a Live Nation event. And I think that Live Nation, above all, deserves the majority of the blame. But I'll get on Live Nation um, after I get uh, finish my takes on Travis, right? So, although Travis does seem like he didn't really care much about the commotions and he didn't worry about shit because, number one, he's thinking... I'm assuming he's thinking, well, I'm safe, so I don't care about anybody else's life. Number two, I'm making my money, so that's that. As long as I'm up here and I'm making my money, cool. Where he should be blamed is because this this NRG park apparently could not hold 50,000 people. And as you heard at the end of what I read, there was in 50,000 in attendance at, in that show. From what I heard, once the show sold out, it was at full capacity. 50,000 is not full capacity, by the way. Don't know what the full capacity number is, but it damn sure wasn't 50,000. So once they rent, was sold out and everything, Travis was like, you know what? Let's cram all these people in. I'm going to allow them to, you know, see me and shit. People, let's allow these people to come in, right? He's being that type of person, right? That type of performer. Um, one could say that's admirable. He wants all his fans to be able to view him, witness him, whatever. Um, all that shit is cute, cool, sounds great, but me being me, I think it was more so of an eagle thing. It was really, I got a sold out show and there's, let's just say this, this little parkway can only hold about, uh, 20,000, right? But there was a lot more than there was also there was like, you know, twenty five more thousand or more people just waiting outside, and he's like, all these people came here for me. I want them to uh, experience this show, but I also want them to all come in here so I can just have more things to brag about and say that I got fifty thousand people to watch me perform my. Terrible ass music that's not even worth dying for, if you ask me. Yeah, if you thought I wasn't gonna throw my opinion on Travis Scott and in, in, into the midst in this topic here, nah, this ain't the my two cents podcast. As I tried to shoot a water bottle into this trash bin, that it rimmed out. It rimmed out. I would have made it if it didn't hit the rim and spin out. It rimmed out, so I almost made it. Anyways, yeah, if you thought I was going to, Travis Scott's music, it's not, I'm not trying to make a lie of this situation, but his music is not good. It's not good at all. I would not go to a Travis Scott concert, not for the experience 
Everybody always saying, well, I know you don't like this, I know you don't like that, but it's still for the experience. Why would I do something for the experience if I don't like what that experience is? Anyways, I'm still going to have a bad time. So, if I go to a concert and I know for a fact I don't like the artist, I don't care about the experience. I just want to let y'all know, stop getting on me about experience. Anyways, as I was stating before, I think Mr. Scott over here pulled a Mr. Scott. And if you get what I mean by that, kudos to you. But he, he made an idiot play. He made an idiot decision. It's what I'm saying. Like a Michael Scott would do. You know, you give an idiot some power to make decisions, they're going to make an idiotic decision, you know? The difference between the two Scots is one is black, one is white. they both idiots, but at least one is likable. And the white Scott is the likable one, in my opinion. This isn't, you know, a trash Michael... Uh, well, this is definitely not a trash Michael Scott. <laughs> Uh, um, um, segment, but I meant to say this is not a trash Travis Scott segment. I, I'll save that for the My Two Cents podcast, all right? Um, if I ever were to listen to his projects and review them, but this is more so saying that the Fugazi apology, yeah, that shit was Fugazi as hell. I saw the video, I, I, I read the statement. Uh, it's just everything about it just seemed forced. Everything about it, especially with this whole paying for the funeral services through this, um, I guess, funeral service brand he's partnering with so they can get their name out there. Listen, I understand it's business and all that shit, but. At least be genuine if you're going to apologize. And I just don't feel as though he's actually sorry. I just feel he he looks at it as, and this is my opinion, of course. I think he looks at it as, well, people can't get you know, what they expect. They went to a show knowing damn well who the artist is, me. They should know by now that I am this big, famous person, and a lot of people like me, and that means there's going to be a lot of people at my show, and that means you're liable to be trampled on when people get rowdy and shit, and if I were to say to people, you know, bum rush the stage or whatever the case, whatever the words I say, but... The white people in my ear are telling me to apologize, so I guess I will have to apologize. And in this video, I gotta just <sighs> and sigh and put my head on my face sometimes and tilt my head and close my eyes and rub my face and <sighs> oh man, that's just terrible. That yeah, that's all he gotta do. Now, I say all that 
And I still don't think that Travis Scott deserves 100% or the majority of the blame for this. I got my licks in on him, but that I don't think this is necessarily his fault. I think this is one of those situations where there's a lot to of blame to be thrown around. And it's not just at one individual. It's not even just at one entity being a live nation. I think this is a culture that celebrates this. This concert culture that celebrates celebrates this type of behavior. Especially to the rap artists, right? Or people in that rap lane who will try to emulate what rock culture does. You know what I'm saying? Like what the culture of rock and roll does or metal music or just rock star music, right? Because of this whole I'm a rock star uh, aesthetic that some of these rappers have taken on uh, without actually making rock music. Travis Scott being one of those individuals. There's plenty of artists that I can I can name who took on that aesthetic and a large part of that to me in my opinion and again these are just my opinions when I say it's my everything is my opinion except for when I'm reading statements made by other people and stats and all that other shit right but aside from all of that any other source material that I am reading from it if it's not from that it's clearly my opinion um uh, <clears throat> But I think a large part of that is due to the amount of white fans that they have. That's probably for a discussion for the My Two Cents podcast. So I will save that take there. But as far as just the culture that it breeds, um, yeah, I think that is part of... That takes the second largest part of what happened at the concert that night. Like I said, I think I think Live Nation is to blame. I think the culture is to blame. And lastly, it is Mr. Astro World himself. He takes the least the very least of the blame, in my opinion. Live Nation should have known better, though. Live Nation shouldn't should they hosted this event? They sponsored this. They're responsible for this event, pretty much being a thing. If they knew that the place was at full capacity before it hit fifty thousand, I don't care what Travis Scott was saying, uh, what he may have been screaming, or I would never do a Live Nation event ever again. His bitch ass know he wouldn't be doing that. He'd be putting his own career on suit. He'd be on, that's career suicide. Hell, his career probably, I don't know what it's looking like right now. It's not looking good, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, you know, other venues or other, you know, platforms are going to willing to, especially venues are going to want to work with him. I want to allow him in their spaces. Because they're going to be like, look what happened at Astroworld, at NRG Park. 
We don't want them deaths there. We don't want little five-year-olds getting in here. We're little nine-year-olds getting up in here. Accompanied by uh, uh, adults or not. We don't want them up in here. So, or at least we don't want to get caught with them in here. Because I think a lot of these venues obviously will have rules. But that's only to keep their certifications. You have to say you, you follow the rules. You have to say you're all about the rules to keep certifications. And then you don't really necessarily follow the rules. I've been to many clubs to know that. You know? I'm not even a club goer. But I've been in too many clubs to already know that the rules are don't get... And I know people who work at clubs. These motherfuckers will tell me. Clubs, venues, this, that, and the third. I've been there. I know people though who work these places. It's all it's all for show. A lot of it is followed because, I mean, you got to show the customer that you actually want to, you, you know, follow these rules. But not everything is followed as supposed to be. This was yet another example of that. But aside from the kids being there. Live Nation should have known that, should have stepped in and said, you know what, Travis, we know you are, this is your concert, we know you're the big name and all this stuff, and but you can't, you can't do this, you cannot do this, we cannot have 50,000 people up in here. Now, these people who are left outside, it's a shame, they're going to have to listen to the music from the outside, or they just going to have to come back to the net show. Oh, yeah. Watch it on YouTube because you know some weirdo's going to tape it anyways. Go to the concert just to tape it anyways. Just so you can watch it on your phone the entire time when you could have stayed home and done that. You're such a boomer. You're such a boomer. I be the boomer. I, I'm 30 years old so I'm a millennial but I be a boomer. If that means that I'm actually at these concerts enjoying myself and not just taking my phone out and recording shit. Anyways... Um, but Live Nation should have known better. Um, and I think this is more so a stain on them. I think a lot of what is going down now, you don't see Live Nation get taken a brunt of it, you don't see the culture obviously, um, taking the brunt, the concert going culture taking the brunt of this either. You see Travis Scott. And for obvious reasons, it was his concert. But for another reason being that I believe that a lot of the stories that are coming out, I think a lot of them are genuine from genuine people. A lot of the stories, because this isn't Travis Scott's first rodeo, for lack of better wording, uh, with, um, with, with, you know, concerts Fucked up shit happening in, happening at, at his concerts. People people had their legs broken. People had this, that, and the third. There were some people who would join in on stuff. And that's why I can't necessarily, like I said, even... I can't really blame Travis again. Because again, it, this goes to the point I was making about the culture. Y'all are doing this. And people can say, well, he he asked the crowd to get rowdy. He did this. He did that. I don't think Travis is asking too much. Now, I'm not at these concerts. 
I'm not watching these concerts. If I don't listen to the man's music, what makes you think I'm not going to his concert? Again, I don't just be doing things that I don't like for the experience. So, with that being said, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's actually saying something that's super wild or whatever. Now, I know he was on Twitter and deleted all those tweets. And I'm only laughing because he, he knew he fucked up. But he pretty much was on Twitter kind of inciting something. Like people were saying Trump was inciting the thing, um, the, the, the event that happened on January 6th last year, right? Or well, this year, right? Um, but they were saying Travis was pretty much doing the same thing and that riled people up, contra goers up to, for them to try to rush the stage and do what they do and trample on people and shit, right? But my thing is, inciting a riot is, it's illegal to do that. Like, you can go to fucking prison to do that. And we can't say if that is the case if Houston PD hasn't even charged him with that yet. Or there's no, I don't see any allegations of that is what I'm saying. So... He may have said, let's get loud, let's get rowdy, or let, but he didn't necessarily say, let's kill people and trample on people and go and ape shit crazy and whatever, right? He didn't necessarily say that. Therefore, I don't, he, he, I don't think he said anything to the site right. Now, if there was, if there's audio, if there's video, there's all this other stuff that comes out. And it shows this man was really on that show saying some wild shit to get people riled up. Then, yeah, I'm going to boost up his 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 uh, blame. I'm going to say, yeah, he deserves a lot more blame than I was giving him credit for. But I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen, again, any uh, statements from the police, any anybody, any other news outlets that I'm reading or whatever. Not. Saying that they're going to charge him for so. And to be honest with y'all, to be transparent, I didn't read all of the Vulture article, so it could be named in the article that I'm going to have in the description box below. But that, but if you read it, you tell me. The article says it here. You know? So that's why I'm like, you know what? He takes least of the blame. Um, because I don't think that he purposely meant for this to happen. I think from what I've seen and from the accounts I've seen from other people, I do think that he knew something odd was going on, something out of the usual, something that was not supposed to happen anywhere, especially at a concert, went down and he just did not give a fuck about it. I, I can... Agree with those who are saying he was just nonchalant and he just doesn't care. And, you know, he spat on fans. He, he was at other shows. This shit happens at con uh, Travis Scott concerts a lot. Yeah. Somebody said they got paralyzed because of something. But when I read that situation, sounded like that guy's fault. Not to be an asshole, but again, sounded like something he chose to do. 
and then got paralyzed for it. Gen Z especially needs to learn this. And I say Gen Z because that's who I assume is listening to Travis Scott like that. But everybody needs to know, but especially Gen Z, there's consequences for your actions. You go to a concert, you get on a stereo, and you jump down from it, and you're trying to do a leg drop on somebody, and you fuck your old shit up, and now you're paralyzed, and you're lucky you're still alive, but you not you paralyzed. You did that. I don't care how good you thought the music was. I don't care how loud and how the music and It just possess you to go do some shit. If you can't control yourself while listening, it's, it's like when the grown ass women get into a, uh, a restaurant or whatever, right? Uh, a store and then the store plays back that ass up by <laughs> juvenile. And then here they go on command. As soon as the doom, 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 doom. As soon as that little beat drop. They get the twerking everywhere. Ass all out everywhere. It's a restaurant. You got booty juice on your steak. You got... <laughs> you got secretions just, just all up in your drinks, all up on your your, your uh, margaritas and shit. Yeah, all that. You know? Pussy sweat everywhere. Because... They couldn't control themselves, and then they're blaming the music and blaming the artists, and then they're going to say, well, if you didn't want that type of environment, you should have not played that song. But then we've seen videos of them just playing Sweet Caroline, restaurants playing Sweet Caroline, and then the, 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 the black people there still feeling like they need to show out for some reason. Now, this is a, not on some respectability politics type BS. This is more so of me saying, you a grown ass man or woman. You out here blaming the music. You out here blaming the restaurant owner. You out here blaming the fact that you can do whatever you want because you grown, except for blaming the simple fact of the matter is, is that you decided to do what you wanted because you was grown and now you don't want to face consequences by doing what you did. Whatever your actions are, you out here blaming the music. I'm not saying music doesn't have an effect on people like that. But to make it seem as though that it's all to blame. And if you know that, why will you then continue to listen to music that you feel as though has so much of a control onto you that it makes you do things that you feel as though they act in ways that you feel as though um, you should not get any type of repercussions for, no matter how bad that action is. I'm rambling at this point, but the point of the matter is, I think the majority, like I said, the majority of the plane goes to rock, uh, well, not rock nation, live nation. And just the culture there, the people who thought that moving like this was okay. 
rushing the stage and doing all of what they were doing was okay. Again, I don't care how live the music is. I don't care how good they think the music is. If you can't listen to your favorite artist, your favorite artist, you can't watch them perform a song, and you cannot act accordingly. Again, these are young people, I understand. Young adults, kids there. But if you cannot act accordingly to a way where you're protecting yourself, you're protecting other people, you're not putting any lives in danger, although this is supposedly a pandemic, <laughs> we can't be 50,000 people in one space. But we already discussed this, all that talk about safety and and. And, and, and all this shit, mask wearing, mask versus no mask, and what, whatever. I highly doubt that all 50,000 of them people were vaccinated. Maybe, maybe they were. It's a possibility that they were. It's a possibility that Live Nation was like, they only want um, vaccinated people, and you have to show proof of uh, vaccine. But again, how the fuck do kids get there when I know for a fact not every <laughs> not every vaccine is approved for for uh, children ages 5 to 11 or so, right? And there was a five-year-old there. Some of those vaccines are still working on getting approved from the FDA so that they so that the kids can be vaccinated. Point is, all that talk about safety and all that, we already know it's just a crock of shit because of who was in the White House. Soon as the tide turned, as I said it would, things would go back to normal in the sense that people would stop caring about the shit that they came, they're claiming they care about in 2020. Stop caring, you know, all the other stuff, right? So that didn't surprise me at all. Disappointed me a little bit because... I kind of did have a little bit of hope that people were actually getting their shit together. But no, as humans did do, they do the complete opposite. (laughs) Sounds morbid, but hey, nobody died at my concert. Anyways, it's because I didn't have a concert, but still. Anyways, though. We still got stuff to discuss, so uh, stay tuned. So what's up, y'all? So many of y'all already know that I have a lot more interest in politics and life and speaking with fellow writers and authors and just other people in other fields that I think are amazing. I have a love and interest for music as well. Now, I don't necessarily create music. Well, I do make beats. Y'all should check them out whenever I share them on social media. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all that. But I'm talking about a a dedicated podcast where I speak about music. So if you like my honest discussions about whatever I talk about here, you're going to love the honest discussions I have about music over at the My Two Cents podcast. That is a podcast I do, a weekly podcast. I've been doing it just as long as this podcast that you're listening to right now. The My Two Cents podcast can be found anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Go over, subscribe to My Two Cents podcast. That is the word My 
two cents is spelled numerically dollar sign zero dot zero two podcast right after that you'll be able to find it everywhere you're listening to this podcast once again go over and subscribe to the my two cents podcast new episodes every monday just like this podcast now let's get back to the show all right we are back and i'm here to talk about corrupt policing lapd and the suspicious activity they were conducting a day i believe or even days before the murder of nipsey hustle uh r.i.p nip so i have this article that i'm going to reference as well just like the other Articles that I've referenced here, linked in the description box below if you want to read it for yourself. I'm going to read a good chunk of this article, unlike the other two, but I'm not going to read the entire article. I'm only reading the parts, like the other articles, that I feel as though are important to what I have to say. And I encourage you to read the rest of the article for yourself, read the rest. Um, if there's something that you feel as though, and not even just with this article, but with the other ones or any future <clears throat> articles that I may be referencing in this podcast, on this podcast, if there's anything else that I fail to mention or you feel as though I want to, I should expound on or whatever, reach out to me and let me know. And I will definitely take a look and if I have something of substance to say about that thing that you want me to speak on, I will do so. So, um, this is an article by The Guardian. Once again, for those who are going to be all about sources and stuff, written by Sam Levin. Um, again, once a source agrees with what you say, I don't see you questioning sources, so keep that same energy if you have a problem with the source and as i stated last topic you got a problem with where the source is coming from come go after the actual source not me the title states revealed how lapd targeted nipsey hustle street corner and store in a bold statement before i get to reading Police sent patrols to stop people around the Marathon clothing store. Records show as Hustle's brother tells The Guardian, everybody will get harassed. That was a quote from, I believe is, uh, I believe Black Sam, you know, Nipsey's brother. Now, I'm going to read the article. The Los Angeles Police Department targeted the late rapper Nipsey Hustle's street corner and his the Marathon Clothing Store, before his death in 2019, labeling the intersection a hotspot for crime and sending special patrols that stopped and questioned people in the area, according to the records reviewed by The Guardian. Hustle, whose name became synonymous with the corner of Crenshaw Boulevard, and Slauson Avenue spent years investing in projects in the area until he was fatally shot at the intersection in March 2019. 
City leaders publicly mourned the artist and entrepreneur, but it was revealed soon after his death that LA law enforcement leaders had been quietly targeting his business with a criminal investigation alleging it was a site of gang activity. Internal records obtained by the Stop LAPD Spying Coalition and shared with The Guardian shed new light on how LAPD invested resources into policing at Crenshaw and Slauson, Slauson, suggesting that for years the department-focused enforcement efforts around the community gathering spots where Hustle had bought commercial space and was working to redevelop a corner strip. Let me see, was this part of... Yeah, this is part of what I was going to read to. The files, which were acquired through public records requested, are part of the coalition's new report on data-driven LAPD initiatives that will... that will be released on Monday. The report scrutinizes a controversial, now-shuttered LAPD program called Operation Laser, an acronym for Los Angeles Strategic Extraction and Restoration, which aimed to to prevent crime and, in quotation marks, restore peace. And that's where I end reading this article once again if you want to know about the rest hit the link in the description box below if you want my my takes on the murder of Nipsey Hussle I did an episode back in 2019 when it happened uh, so you're gonna do a uh, you're gonna have to do some research and stuff and and uh, you'll be able to find that on wherever you're listening to this podcast so there's that. Um, why I'm talking about this is because, of course, when I have the opportunity to expose the police department, whether it be LAPD, New York PD, Massachusetts PD, uh, Charlotte PD, or you know North Carolina, whatever, right? When I have the chance to expose the American police force for who they are, I'm always going to take the chance to do so. Also, this is about my man Nipsey Hussle. All right? Now, I'm not going conspiratorial on this. But it does seem quite shady that, you know, the the police all that week, or at least the day before he is murdered, happened to be all up in the area questioning people and, 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 and all this other stuff, harassing motherfuckers for simply just going to a shopping mall. It was a shopping mall. For those who've never been in that area in Los Angeles, Los Angeles, it's an area where you can shop. Is a, I believe there's a barber shop there as well. It's a shopping area. You know, it's a, it's a strip, you know? So, if... They can do that that entire week or the day before he was murdered. I can 
yet they weren't doing that the day he was murdered. Yeah, I can see why people would jump to conclusions and say, well, you know, this could have been a setup. Also, knowing that he was supposed to meet with the Los Angeles Police Department, I believe the day after he was killed or a couple days after he was uh, murdered. Either or, there was supposed to be a meeting between himself and the Los Angeles Police Department. And this meeting was supposed to discuss peaceful ways for uh, the... Not only the gangs in Los Angeles, but just the people, uh, especially the black community, but the minorities in Los Angeles and the police department to, to pretty much um, create some type of, of not alliance, but relationship there to where it's not a violent one, you know, to create a common ground, you know, so when the police go to these neighborhoods, People aren't afraid to interact with the police because of history showing that when black folks interact with cops or the cops interaction with black folks or the Latin community, it's not necessarily one that is a friendly one. You know, there's a reason why you have certain people, white folks, not all white folks, because there's certain white folks that always try to tell me I hate cops, too. I don't feel comfortable around cops, too. Great. But there's a reason why white folks have zero problems talking to the police, looking at them, striking up conversations with them and stuff. And there's a big reason as to why someone who's not a gang member, someone who's never been gang affiliated or, you know, I mean, I've had my brush ups with the law, but not like in and out the system. But still, as a black man who's had many interactions, non-friendly interactions with the police. Every time I walk by a police officer, every time a cop car passes me or is driving by or just parks by, I start to tense up and get nervous. And yeah, people going to be like, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, you have nothing to worry about. Shut your white ass up. Shut your I'm not white, I'm Colombian ass up. Shut your I'm not white, I'm this, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm Dominican, I'm whatever Latin ass up. Shut your white passing ass up. But either, either way, that's for other discussions for another time. What I want to discuss here um, is... This this article, obviously, and these statements, I can't, I'm going to paraphrase this, but just like the article said, there were officials in the LAPD department immediately after Nipsey's murder were like mourn, publicly saying that they mourned his murder. And, you know, I remember uh, it was a chief, I don't remember his name, but he made comments pretty much saying that Nipsey was doing it the right way. He was, as in, how he wanted to ease the tensions between the gangs of L.A. and the police department, or black folks in the in the police departments in L.A., how he wanted to have that one-on-one discussion with them and meet with them and talk about things so we they can both see each other's side of the story and, you know, come to a common ground and make peace. He made comments like Nipsey was doing it the right way. 
and how he wants to encourage more people to to do that. So race relations between the police department and black folks or the police department and the various, uh, you know, gangs in, in, in L.A. can, you know, come to, you know, an agreement to where it's not so bloody and violent between the two. Because the police is also a gang as well. But they say this, they say these things, they come out and they mourn somebody that they were pretty much treating as a criminal. Going around harassing people who wanted to support this black owned area. This is a black owned area, by the way. Nipsey had plans and goals and he wanted, that wasn't even just the only thing he wanted to do, buy real estate in the neighborhood that he grew up in and own the areas. He wanted to buy real estate in other places. He was into cryptocurrency or at least he was, you know, a believer in it at first. I don't know if he had any investments and stuff, but I do remember him uh, seeing, you know, a clip of him pretty much, you know, supporting the idea of it. A lot of other things. Um, what I'm is is what I'm saying. Um, that this man was involved in. What the fuck? Okay, that was just a email. Sorry, but there's a lot of other positive things that this black man was doing. In all of it. I won't say all of it because I hopefully he has people in charge of taking care of what he was doing. But it just seems very and I said this in 2019, it just seems like very uh, defeating whenever one of us does something like buy a property, own property, uh, a Create uh, pretty much create wealth for the black community, that individual, or even starts talking about it. Because let's talk about MLK. People can go on and on and on and say MLK got murdered because he wanted little white girls and little black girls to hold hands and play together, right? MLK got murdered because he wanted black people and white people to hold hands and play together, right? People can go on and say that's exactly why the U.S. government killed Martin Luther King Jr. But what what really ramped up the ideas of, okay, now we got to silence this nigga, is when he started talking black empowerment. And also when he started talking about doing things for the poor people. When he was pretty much going to start a poor people's campaign. You see various poor people's campaigns right now. I'm not saying that they copied MLK. All I'm saying is that MLK wasn't just about the equal treatment of black folks to white folks and everybody else. He was about helping the poor and disenfranchised. But then he started talking black empowerment as well. 
as part of his idea of making sure that black folks economically got ahead here in the United States. That was a reason why they killed him. Poor folks in general, but especially when it came to black folks. That's when they were like, okay, now this nigga needs to shut the fuck up forever. Nipsey Hussle. I'm not comparing Nipsey Hussle to MLK for those who are going to say, how dare you, Camaro? I'm saying Nipsey Hussle, and MLK is not the first. He's not the only. So isn't Nipsey. Is it the first or only black socialite to not only talk about Black empowerment in the sense of let's let's make sure that we are being treated equally and not being mistreated because of our race, because of where we come from. But let's actually, black folks, let's actually <clears throat> create our own. Let's buy this land. Let's because we own this and this this belongs to us and we have the right to own land and own property and own businesses and thrive just as much as any other group out there. And I am willing to assume Los Angeles Police Department saw the positive influence that that may have that that L.A. natives, especially black L.A. natives, especially those who are probably, you know, prone to to being gang affiliated or whatever saw what Nipsey was doing and decided if he can do it and he's from the same parts as me or he's from, you know, the hood like me and stuff, then I can do the same thing too, you know? Different neighborhood and uh, whatever, I can do the same thing too. So I don't have to go this route. I can do the route. I can do it this way. And instead of them saying, great, that's going to take a big load off of our shoulders when it comes to, you know, the crime in the city or whatever. They said, no, we got to keep this ball rolling. We got to keep this war going. Because, one, that's how we continue to enforce the fact that we are needed. Because when you think about it, you strip away all that other BS. You give people opportunities. The biggest reason people commit crime isn't because people are just naturally criminal. It's because of economic force. Being that they doing, they turned to, they started selling drugs. They robbed the bank. They did all these other things, right? So they'd be able to afford to live. The cops don't, and you don't see the police addressing that. You don't even see the, the government addressing that. But you don't see the police addressing that. The cops are not going to say the thing that's going to put them out of business. That's like Big Pharma telling people to, encouraging people to, to, to eat healthy and exercise and stuff instead of taking a pill to ill, to, 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 um, Treated ailment or whatever, right? Because if they told people to do this one thing or these actions, if they promoted that, that's going to put them out of business. And they're not going to do that. 
same goes for LAPD. They're not gonna tell people, well, or the, tell the, the 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 politicians in in Los Angeles. The other police departments all over the United States are not going to tell the politicians in their respected states and cities and counties. Well, maybe if you gave opportunities to these individuals, they wouldn't conduct these crimes. They wouldn't feel the need to do these crimes. And therefore, we wouldn't have these issues and we wouldn't be risking our lives out here because these people are only doing this stuff because of crime, uh, because of lack of opportunity. And yeah, you got the people who are just doing shit because they want to do shit. I'm not saying that's everybody. But you look at the stats, you look at the information, you find out time and time again. Stuff that I've mentioned before on this podcast. It's economic force as to reason why people, why crime is so damn high. Especially in certain areas in, in major cities all over the United States. You look at these areas, you look at the lack of, of resources, and then you look at these situations to where you give them opportunities, you give them something, and then you see the crime numbers go down. And then you've seen situations, especially in New York, where that has been very effective, but then the police was like, nope, we're going to put a stop to this because it's making us look like shit. And it's putting us out of business. We got to look like we are the heroes here. So, I'm not saying this this article right here was evidence enough to prove that LAPD had something to do with Nipsey's death. I mean, you could connect the 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 murderer of Nipsey to, I believe, his father or grandfather, somebody, an uncle or so. Some male family member in his life is actually connected to the Los Angeles Police Department. I remember seeing something of that nature. I won't have it in the description box below. Uh, well, in fact, I'll probably try to find it in the description box below. I won't find it now and put that down there. But I did read something about him being connected to somebody within LAPD. I don't have enough evidence to, to confidently say that they still had anything to do with this murder. But I will say that they are probably happy that he is no longer here. I don't think the words that they said, not that I believed them back in 2019, honestly. I thought they were just saying something, saying what was the nice thing to say. But I don't think they actually mourn Nipsey. I don't think they actually want people to come up and follow in his his uh, footsteps and not only do what he was doing for his community, but as far as trying to bridge a gap between, you know, the minorities and the police department. I don't think they really mean all of that. It just sounds good to say. Sounds beautiful to say. I think they really want, they do want the chaos. They do want the division. Because at the end of the day, what it, the perception is always going to be black, bad, them, good. 
And what this bridging and gap exposes is that either a lot of the crime was caused by the police officers or that what the stats and what I and others have been saying for the longest of time, these people are not naturally criminals. These people are people who are desperate and they need to do something in order to live. Now, people can get on their high horse. I've been desperate. I've been poor. And you don't see me doing this, that, and the third. And I can say the same shit. I, I, shit, I'm still desperate and poor right now. And unless making a podcast and writing and all this other shit that I'm trying to do and going to school, working on getting my bachelor's and stuff, unless all that is criminal, no, you're not seeing me making doing anything criminal, in quotation marks, to get ahead. But what you're also not going to hear me say on this podcast or anywhere else is try to make excuses for why the police should be around, why the police do what they do, and then justify those actions with because this gang area, this area here, this and this that and the third. When I'm also uh, I'm willing to assume that uh, again, if they this supposed investigation that they had around the area, <clears throat> there was no probable cause for this. It was we don't like the fact that uh, I'm saying this was this was in the back of their minds their probable cause. We don't f- like the fact that this black man. Is uplifting his community. His buying property. It's He's having a positive influence. On people within his community. They are not turning to selling drugs. They are not turning to. Gang violence and stuff. They are not turning to any other types of crimes. They're actually looking at what he's doing. And now they're being motivated. To buy property of their own. And, and be educated. In all these other things of their own. That is a problem to us because we got to keep this this narrative going. That they are the problems and we are the problem solvers. And we are here because we need to take care of that problem. Again, that's my thoughts. Y'all let me know what you think though. Um, I got one more topic. Right after this one. So I'm going to hit y'all with one more ad. And then we'll get into that topic. Rest in peace Nipsey Hussle. Your legacy lives on. Uh, What you stood for. And and hopefully that there are still people in your corner. I know know your brother Sam is, is still carrying the torch. So... You know, as long as they keep up doing what he started, I'm very confident and I'm very hopeful that despite whatever obstacles are in the way, the message that Nipsey wanted to put out there and was putting out there will continue to be put out there. So there's that. We're going to get into the last topic after this break. So stay tuned. 
All right, so recording this session outside. So if you hear rides going out, this is this isn't my usual outdoor spot. Hopefully you can still hear me. This is not my usual outdoor spot as the previous episodes. This is uh, at a different location. I'm waiting for this thrift store to open up. It should be opening up within the next 30 minutes or so. If you're listening and you like, you go thrift shopping, shopping, and you know, well, I don't see the problem in it. Let me put it that way. It's not like I go often. Um, I don't see the problem in it as long as you're not buying R. Kelly's sheets, if you know what I mean. Um, but with that being said, <laughs> I guess shout out to Macklemore. But nah, I wanted to just talk about myself again, and you know, because I didn't really have much else to discuss this week the other two segments that you've heard um those were segments that were added on as the week continued going um originally i was just going to do an episode about myself and my updates and everything but then i experienced something yesterday that i often do whenever i start a new job or so um and or just you know be around other people in general uh, not all the time um, I think people tend to ease up once they really get to know like who I really am and I'm not this standoff this standoffish individual that they believe me to be but I'd be lying to y'all if I say that you know that comment or those comments didn't necessarily annoy me or I just ignore them, although I'm, I'm, there's something that I've, I'm used to hearing. Um, they're still not comments, and comments similar to that. These are still comments that I still feel like it's like you, you I, I, I just don't like the fact that people believe that people who are necessarily you know, quiet individuals, introverts, or, uh, you know, people who don't just be talking just to be talking, you know? That people like that are not people, you know, for a person like that, they're not a people person, right? They're not people people is what I'm trying to say. It's early morning, by the way, so I'm blaming whatever stutters and mental mishaps that I have. I haven't eaten yet. So, yeah, grind time. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I, if anyone were to listen to this podcast and you're like, Ernest is unfazed by everything. It seems as though he don't care about people's opinions. He don't care about this. He don't care about that and all this other shit. You, you are absolutely wrong about that. I've never gave off the impression. Now, when I say I don't care about, you know, opinions or whatever or whatever thoughts it just means that I simply don't care enough for it to shape how I want to change myself and how um you know how I perceive myself you know it doesn't change any of that all right now they the cars and trucks they rolling in deep I guess so I gotta be louder but again it's morning time so I'm gonna I'm have to force myself to be louder in the later afternoons the later you know recordings of these episodes when y'all have heard me get loud it's because it was later on in the day 
sub. I already had something to eat and all that. Anyways, we're gonna ride it out per usual. You know, like a car. We're gonna ride it out. <laughs> but anyways, um, I'll just give you a quick synopsis. So I started a new job yesterday. Um, and this episode literally was going to just be, be me talking about just, and I'm still going to mention it here, but just me talk about how I feel as though, I, and I've, I've talked about this before, but I'm unfit to do work mentally. Let me put it that way. Mentally, I'm unfit to do a regular nine to five job. I don't think I was meant to be that individual. Again, I'll touch upon that in this episode. I've touched upon it in the past. I will detail a a little bit more about it in this episode, or at least this segment here, but I really want to talk about just who I am and perception and how it relates to what I just said. So, yesterday I started a new job, okay? These people here, there's at least one older individual, to my knowledge, one older individual, but she acts just like the younger individuals. I have no problems with people being who they are. She seems cool. Everybody at this job, let me let me let me put it straight. Let me put it like this: everybody at this job seem cool. All right, I'm gonna still say seem, but everybody that I've interacted with at this job so far seems cool the pay is shit but everybody seems cool right so i have zero problems with them i have there's nobody i dislike there's no one i have a problem with trust me i i wouldn't be saying that y'all know y'all listening to me i would not be saying that if that was the complete opposite i do not lie about liking people (laughs) As many times as I've gotten on here and I've blatantly said, this politician sucks, this person sucks. I get on here as well and I say, this person is great, this politician is great. So I, y'all don't need to, oh, he's just saying that, no. And, but I, I threw seam in there for a reason, you know? With that being said, they seem cool I like them thus far, all right? I don't know if I'm going to stick with this job for the longest, to be honest with you. I'm just keeping it a buck, but that's what every damn job that isn't a passion of mine, you know? (laughs) So, nothing against this job, but something against this job and all other work that doesn't include me creating and writing and all the other stuff that I love to do, Okay? So, they made comments, and I and I could get it. I, I get people. I, I, it's not even that the comments. It's just I can sense the, how they feel about me because I'm not inserting myself in certain situations which, or certain conversations, which I probably could. But at the same time, it's like if it's a conversation about what happened the other day at the job, right? And these are individuals that have been at the job longer than me, obviously, because they just started. How would I insert myself in that conversation? Like, oh, shit, no, he didn't just say that. Oh, oh, my God. No, I'm just going to sit there and listen, or I'm just going to listen while doing the job or whatever, right? This seems like a pretty, for, 
for now. It seems like a pretty relaxed job, right? Seems like pretty lax, pretty chill. Um, getting paid shit amount, but getting paid to for a pretty somewhat boring but somewhat relaxing job. Um, yeah, it's pros and cons things. And again, like I said, the comments that was made was pretty much if you don't like, if you hate people, you this ain't the job for you. And then you know the other woman's like, mm-hmm, yeah. And I'm like, who else would they be referring to? Now, it could be me being paranoid. They could have been talking about somebody else, right? Somebody else that wasn't there, but somebody else that they deem not a people person. Let me break the record clear. I may have said comments, I may have made jokes, sarcasm, and that's the thing other people don't seem to understand, sarcasm. But I feel that I should not have to tailor my jokes to so other people can understand them. Would I explain things? And, and that's why I feel as though it's better for me instead of me tailoring my jokes or the way I say things so people can understand them. I would rather say, well, jokes, let me put it that way, not, you know, general comments and stuff because if people are confused by general comments and things, then I should tailor them. But if I say something that is sarcastic, that is clearly sarcasm, right? Or at least to me, it's clearly sarcasm. And the individuals around or someone doesn't get that sarcasm. What I've been doing is just say, nah, I've been joking or just laugh at the end to try to make it lighthearted or whatever, right? I say all that just to say, if I've made comments in the past on this podcast saying things like, oh, I hate people, I dislike people, this, that, and the third. That was sarcasm, people. I don't hate people. I don't dislike people. Humans are fucked up. And I'm not going to excuse human behavior because it's, it's, it's their reality. But at the same time, I can recognize the beauty in humanity. I see beauty, beautiful examples of humanity if not every day, at least on a weekly basis, monthly basis. I see, I, I love connecting with other people. As much of an introvert I am, the biggest reason why, I mean, obviously just working out and, and all that shit, but the reason why I prefer going to gyms rather than sticking with home workouts, even though it's a lot cheaper because it's free, Unless you, um, you know, minus buying the equipment if you're going to do that. But the, one of the main reasons as to why I love going to the gym outside of home is to interact with people, see other people, be able to have conversations with other people, especially like-minded individuals who are there to, you know, get their health shit on, you know? I love that aspect of the gym. Now, I'm not there to solely just talk. There's people that be there just to talk and connect with people. Now, I'm there to get my workout done in between my breaks or after I'm done with something. If I'm waiting on, you know, a, a, a machine or a bench or whatever, we can have those conversations, no doubt. But I'm there to work out first. And the same goes for work. 
I'm there to work. I'm there to make money. But that doesn't mean I'm not there to have conversations and stuff. I'm willing to do all of that. But if there's a job that needs to be done, and this happens to me plenty of times, and it always falls on me because motherfuckers always look at me as the responsible one. Or you're the one that's supposed to be the, the hardworking one while everybody else is, eh, they're here and they're all day. They're just... So when I am doing what they do when talking and slacking off, it's a big deal. When they do what they do, it's, oh, it's just, it's just Janice. It's just Tom. It's just whoever, right? You know? But I get it. I get the people who, I get why people would assume someone who is, Traditionally, let me put my head down, go to work, not spit, say a damn thing, you know? But let me tell you, I'm not one of those old kooks that's just head down, go to work, not say a thing, do the job. I'm one of those individuals that's, okay, I'm going to do this job. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Uh, please be patient with me. I'm here to talk. I'm here to conversate. Uh, you know, we'll converse. I'm here to do all of that as well. But I don't get paid to do that. Until I get paid to do that, then I'm not going to spend most of my time doing that. Now, it's a, if it's an obvious situation where I'm being addressed, it's an obvious situation where I have something to say, I will speak up. And that's the thing between myself and other individuals. And I'm saying myself, and other people can relate to this, I'm pretty sure, but I'm saying myself because I, I can only speak for myself. But I feel like the difference between myself and other individuals is I speak when I have something to say. I don't just speak for the simple fact because that's the sociable thing to do or, you know, just just to say something, you know. And again, like I made the example earlier, if there is a conversation going on that had to do with what happened at work a day that I wasn't even there because I wasn't working that day or I wasn't even on the job and it's a general not even a general what do you think about this situation but you know a general you know what were your thoughts at the moment during this situation well I got nothing to say I wasn't there How, what am I going to say oh Joe was wrong Joe was wrong in doing that. Joe was wilding. And these aren't names of actual co-workers or anything. These are just the made-up names, by the way. You know? But how am I supposed to interject myself in that situation? I'm asking because it's like if there's a way, I guess, then I'm willing to learn that. But at the same time, let's let it be clear. Ernest is not anti-people. Ernest loves people. Ernest loves everybody. Except for racists and Nazis and shit. And rapists. But besides those those groups and anybody adjacent to those groups, I love everybody. I would love to have, you know, friends from all hell, I do have friends from all groups if we really talking. I make friends of all groups, all age grade, all age uh, ranges, and I think that a lot of people, 
once they actually get to know me, once they actually have a conversation with me, the same people who are like, he's standoffish, but they didn't necessarily try to have a conversation with me. The same people who are like, oh, he don't like people, when nothing indicated that the only reason why you believe I don't like people, I hate people, is because I'm not going around interjecting myself in every other side conversation that there is, that I'm not just speaking just to speak, and if someone says something to me, then I'm going to, you know, that's, I'm going to speak. Someone who hates people, do you think they're going to do that? Someone who hates people, do you think they're going to go out of their way to listen to people? And I think that's one quality that a lot of jobs don't understand about introverts. I think a lot of these jobs want people to be one way and they're set for extroverts. And I don't think that's fair. And that's a conversation I can have in a future episode. Hell, if I have nothing to speak about next week um, and relating to, you know, pop culture or whatever, or if I'm not interviewing anybody, um, I definitely would like to expound on that because I think that is something that is, for lack of a better wording, unspoke of when it comes to introverts, no pun intended, that I think a lot of of the job market and I understand you interact with people of course so you're going to have to have some type of extrovert ways about you but I don't think it's necessarily fair to ask someone to just all of a sudden be a different person from a snap of the finger like this if, if people could turn it on and off like that amazing I always look at people who are like yeah I'm an extro- uh, introvert and this that and the third and I'm like, that's amazing that you can just turn it on and off like that. I wish I had that ability. There are certain people who believe I can because once I get comfortable, once I get in certain situations, it don't even take that long for me to get comfortable. I just need to know that I can express myself. That's all I know. That's all I need. If I get the feeling that I can express myself or who I am, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk when I need to talk. I'm going to be who I, who, who I am. But then you get the individuals who still see you for who you are and they still feel uncomfortable and they still want to categorize you for whatever reasons, right? But, yeah, I think, as I was saying before, I think a lot of these jobs really don't do introverts a service. They expect us to all be the same some right-handed extroverts <laughs> and you know any of anything different from that is just odd strange and it should be categorized in a certain way so other people can understand uh can justify their thoughts because a lot of extroverts at least the ones i came across from are individuals who are insecure and they're not really secure within themselves. So they be extra. They're out there. They put on the front. They put on this act because they feel as though they have to wear this mask, figuratively speaking, not literally speaking. They have to wear this mask to, you know, seem like somebody. When it's usually, again, from my experience, 
the people who don't need to be the center of attention, the ones who are the most secure within themselves, or at least a lot more secure with who they are than the people who feel the need to be the center of attention. Feel the need to talk because we there, there has to be some noise going on. You know? And again, that's not everybody. I've met people who were shy and reserved because they're insecure. I was one of those individuals growing up for the longest of times of my life. A large part of my life, it was because I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to be noticed. You know, I, I went out of, let me put it this way. I went out of my way not to be noticed, not to be seen. Because I didn't want people to notice, oh, his hair is nappy. Oh, his nose is big. Oh, his lips are big. His clothes are too tight. He can't afford, you know, whatever. His shoes are dirty. His whatever, right? His voice is too soft. His whatever, right? He's too damn quiet. But now it's like... I just don't feel the need to be front and center all the damn time. If the situation calls for it, I'm going to be someone that's going to shine being who I am. But the point I wanted to make was, and again, this goes to my experience, especially when you're dealing with customers and dealing with people. I think a lot of jobs sleep on the introvert or the individual who is quiet, who's more of a listener than a speaker. Customers will come to a job and managers know this, but for some reason still don't, I don't understand, but people will come to a place because there's one individual there that they can vent to about whatever. A lot of motherfuckers really think that you got to, like the only people who are likable are people who, you know, speak or whatever, right? It's a lot of things out here. So, there's the people out who, who don't even speak. They just, they just quiet individuals. They just, you know, people who, I, like myself. I've worked many a jobs, retail other jobs, and I've been people's favorite employee, favorite co-worker, favorite, you know, whoever. People will come to, I would see people, regulars, come to stores, come to whatever I was working at. And I would speak to them. It wasn't like they talked or talked my ear off while I was working. I would speak back. But I believe the, the biggest part as to why they enjoyed my company and why I was their favorite, or at least one of their favorites, is because I was listening to them. I think a lot of people don't understand the importance of a listening ear. And that's why I started to talk about me again. I mean, we're all talking about, we're, we're, we're talking about me in this topic anyway. So might as well uh, share a new service that I have, right? Something I'm providing to the people, you know? Um, because as someone, and again, before I even make that point, would a person who hates people want to provide a free service to help people? 
strangers and non-strangers. Clearly I'm not, clearly I'm not someone who hates people, all right? Would I call myself a people person? Um, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that, I mean, I have an idea, but I feel as though like many other things, that term has a different definition depending on who you ask. And if you ask me, it means someone who just likes to interact with people all the time. I don't fit that, but I'm not the antithesis of that either. Someone who's the opposite of that goes out of their way not to speak with people, okay? Now there are moments and times where I just go on my way and say, I don't really want to go to this party today. I don't want to go to this event today, you know? But that got, that has to, a lot, a lot of that has to do more so with the people. The people there, you know? And very little to do with um, the simple fact that there's going to be people in general. What I mean by the people there, I mean like the, the individuals that I know that are going to be there. If I don't really vibe with them like that, like a case in point, I was invited to two parties within the last few months. I only went to one of them. The other one, there were people there that I just didn't felt like I vibed with. The first one, there were people there that I did not even know. That's the thing. There's two parties. The party where I had knowledge of who those individuals were, but I didn't vibe with them like that, I did not go to. The party that I had zero idea of who was going to be there, I had no idea of who was what. Prior to even going there, I went there and had a great ass night. Again, this has got nothing to do. When, I, when I'm like, I don't really want to go to this event. It's either an event that I'm not really into and I don't want to waste my time. Or it has something to do with the individuals there. I'm not really vibing with them like that. So I'm not going to spend the next four uh, or more hours or so acting like I really get along with these people. Now, something could have changed. It could have been like we, we vibe at this party and then we end up, you know, being cool or whatever. But I didn't want to take that chance. So it didn't happen. And I don't feel the need that, I don't feel like I'm evil for that. I don't feel like I'm wrong for that. It is what it is. You're not going to get along with everybody. I'm pretty sure a listener, if you're listening out there, there's been events, parties, whatever, situations. You're like, eh, I'm not really too sure about this person. Or these people. So I don't really want to go. And there have probably been times where you actually still went because you didn't want to seem like that standoffish individual. And you, you probably had a bad time. All your suspicions and all that stuff ended up being true. So, I'm just all about protecting my energy and my time. If I'm wrong for that, I'm wrong for that. But as I was saying before, I think that a lot of people underestimate the power of listening. Hence why I have down below in my email list you will see a service, it's a free service. I'm providing to everybody, anybody and everybody. Either 30 minutes, book a 30 minute session with me or a 90 minute session with me. 
the 30-minute session, and as you heard from the ad, you possibly, I'm about to explain it again, the 30-minute session, it's just you venting to me for 30 minutes, half an hour. I say I don't chime in on my opinions and, and this, that, and the third. There's no conversation had. For 30 minutes, you do that. Book a session with me, we book a time, we do that. For 90 minutes, that's where I chime in. That's where you speak. And it's not that you have to speak for those full 30 minutes. You speak for however long you want. It's 90 minutes. It's your session. We don't have to go the... It it can't go longer than 90 minutes. The 30-minute one can't go longer than 30 minutes. But you don't have to do the entire time. This is really for you. It's for the people. And if you want more than one session per week, and I have openings... Um, yeah, you feel free to do so. It's a free service. So you're not paying for any of this. I call it consoling, not counseling. Because if I call it counseling, then I'd be in trouble because I don't have a license for that. But you don't need a license to, con- to, con- to be a consoling individual. You know? You just got to be there. So for the 90-minute one, as I was saying... You tell me what's on your mind. Good, bad, or indifferent. We can talk about it. If you just want to talk to somebody, and I would talk back with you for 90 minutes. The 30-minute one. If you don't want, if you just want to speak, you don't want someone to to uh, um, speak back. 30 minutes. And these are all Zoom calls. The option is yours if you want the camera on or off. If your camera is on, my camera is on. If my cam- if your camera is off, my camera is off. But that's the only thing. It has to be a conversation. It can't be through text or whatever. You could book it through, you know, a phone and we will text and stuff. We can text back and forth afterward um, and whatever and but you it, well you can't book it through text. You get you you get confirmations through text or just confirm times and I will call you through a number and all this other stuff, right? But you have to book it through, again, the email list down there. And it's free. All I ask is that you check out all the things that I do. So the podcast, my clothing line, my books, my blogs, anything else that I do, anything that I have included within the email list. All I ask is that you check it out. And if you feel the need to make a purchase, please do so. All the things that I have in the description box below, basically, or at least the majority of the things, just check them out. If you feel obligated to donate, obviously that is uh, going to be welcomed as well. But I started that because I understood a long time ago that one of my many superpowers is my ability to listen. One of the ways that I was a- that I was able to make friends or to make connections with people is because I'm someone they can go to. Whether it be someone to give them advice, honest, compassionate, but honest advice, or someone that they can actually vent to. I understood that a long time ago. And I figured, you know what? I had a conversation with a- another friend of mine, you know? or acquaintance or whatever and she was telling me hey along with your email list you just need to provide a free service she didn't give me the she gave me the idea of the service 
Shout out to Martine. All right, let me just shout her out. Martine Myers. Y'all check her stuff out. Uh, she's got the Martine show. She's on YouTube or whatever, but shout out to her. So she was just like, you got to provide a free service. And I was thinking, what should I provide? Hold on. I've been thinking about providing a service like this for a long time. Something that is going to be for the people. Something else I can do for the people that's, that's not, you know, sharing a GoFundMe link. That's not donating to a cause. That's not, you know, giving a voice to the voiceless by having them on my podcast. You know? So, I just figured, let me do that. And, you know, I feel good about it. So, if that's something, again, that you're interested in, please hit the link in the description box below. And it's the email list link. Again, you go there. It'll take you directly to where you can book an appointment. There will be a pop-up asking you about the email list. You can put your email in if you want to. You don't have to join the list to, to have this service, by the way. You don't have to do that. It's just there. It, they're connected for a reason because that's how I wanted them to be. And like I said, that was, that was, that was what was advised to me by Martine. But you don't have to, uh, and even if you sign up for the service, you don't have to uh, sign up for the email list. You do not have to book an appointment. They're just interconnected that way. You know? Just in case you're like, I want to do something for him because he did something for me. That's something you can do for me. But you can also subscribe to this podcast. You can also share this episode. You can also hit the other links in the description box below. And of course, donate and rate this episode, this podcast. But that's pretty much the end. The store is pretty much open now. <laughs> the thrift store. Um, so I'm going to head inside. This has been another episode of the Ernest Thoughts Podcast with your host, Ernest. So you love Ernest, same guy, different name. Timestamps in the description box below. Appreciate the listen. Once again, subscribe, share, rate the podcast, hit the links in the description. Enjoy yourself and all the introverts out there. Uh, We out here, you know? Don't feel the need that you need to change yourself if you if you want to do so i was watching a video the other day actually all right i forget this woman's name but i'm gonna just call her pretty white girl because that's what she is so she uh pretty much made a seminar on how you know to go from being a i guess an introvert to an extrovert and it worked out for her but this is a young gorgeous white woman And I'm a young, gorgeous black man. The world is different for us, too. I'm not making excuses, but I think one of the advice she was giving was giving people hugs. I can't be who I am looking the way that I am, locks and everything. Dreadlocks for those who don't know what I meant by locks, but dreadlocks and everything, 
being as big as I am, as far as muscular weight and just hugging people on, on site when I first meet them, people are going to be scared, people are going to be weird, and I'm a man. It's, you can't do that in this time, just to be honest with you. No dainty white woman can do that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways, though, I don't want to make this any longer than it needs to be. I'm trying to get in the store and get out so I could go throughout the day. Plus, I'm hungry. So, there's that. Until next time, until next episode, stay black if you are black. Stay beautiful. Black Lives Matter. LGBTQIA Lives Matter. Trans lives matter. Black trans women matter. Black trans men matter. Black women matter. Black men matter. And you matter, whoever you are. And I'm out. Peace.